Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Breadcrumb Trails podcast. Once again, we're talking to Brian, who spent some time living over in Japan, and we're going to be talking with him specifically about the JET program. We're your hosts. I'm Gina. I'm Amy. And I'm Carol. Before we continue this episode, I wanted to take a moment to plug our social media. You can find all of our social media links at linktree slash podcast. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash podcast. If you like the content we put out, you can also now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash trailblazermedia. That's patreon.com slash trailblazermedia. Go check it out if you like the content we put out and consider supporting us. Now... Let's get you back to the episode. Is there any lasting memories or friendships that you know that you'll hold on to and still keep in contact with people throughout the JET program? The closest friend I made was uh, that bartender friend of mine. And I imagine that we're going to keep in contact for many years. We actually had a, a former ALT, my like mega pred or giga pred, uh, came back to our town to visit. And she visited the bar and they had stayed in touch. And she had stayed in touch with a friend of hers from high school. So that's a, that's a lasting relationship. The tea Teachers, probably not. Unfortunately, uh, tech awareness is just really, really minimal. And so a lot of teachers don't use email. But I do have a couple teachers on Facebook. So I might, uh, and a couple of former co-workers on Facebook. So we might keep in touch that way. With the students, I always offered up my email address if a graduating student wanted to keep in touch with me. It hasn't happened yet. I had a few students that I kept in touch with during my time in Japan. But I have heard stories about teachers or uh, students meeting a teacher again many many years later uh and them recontacting or, or reconnecting but it's it's tough because yeah just not a lot of people are into email it's hard because of the cultural differences it was difficult to make a lot of really really deep friendships but that being said if i re- if i went back to the town i could run through town hall and a whole bunch of people would remember me and we could pick up a, a conversation or if i went back even if no one was there to remember me i imagine i would be welcomed uh, as a jet alumni um i don't have any more questions about the jet program itself um i do have quite a few questions about the education system and teaching itself it's it's hot garbage <laughs> read any article on, on on teaching in japan it's hot garbage what what had happened was and i i don't know to what degree this affected other classes but i know that it did affect other classes the big change with english two years ago was when english became a subject and it was to focus on communication It was to focus more on foundational skills to address issues that were showing up in junior high and high school. And it was to intensify English a little bit. So rather than just teaching a whole bunch of words the students can't use, you're teaching phrases and situations. Um, When that finally, when that rolled over this year, because there was a a two-year trial period on it, I know that there were updates to other courses. I don't know what they were, though. Next year, in 2021, is an update to the course of study for junior high. 
and in 2022's high school. So the whole curriculum is going to change again for everyone. Um, English is going to be greatly impacted due to this change from elementary school. And thankfully, the Ministry of Education did not shoot themselves in the foot. They're stretching out, based on the material I saw, they're stretching out the difficulty of the curriculum over the three years rather than just shifting everything down and making it harder. So the students are coming in with two years, uh, they're coming in with 70 hours specifically of English, basic English, basic greetings, and then junior high is going to kind of like chill out a little bit and then something will happen with high school. I'm not, I, I'm not sure because that planning hadn't been done yet. But the it like I said, it gets better every year. You get better teachers every year. The bad teachers retire, go away, and the teachers. What I saw, what little I saw from other classes, do start to use more modern teaching practices, and it's a lot less lecture style. The kids are sitting writing notes and listening and not making eye contact with the teacher and the classes are more engaged. It's 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 hot garbage because it's still very grade focused and performance focused, but a lot of the changes probably because of Jet have kind of filtered down and have started to affect other subjects. So expect a little bit of a train wreck when you go in, but uh, you'll actually be surprised. I've met some just fantastic teachers on conferences. I've worked with some fantastic teachers. I worked actually, one of, my, one of the best examples of teaching was actually with a teacher who had no confidence in English and basically just threw the class at me. But the way that we had collaborated, I knew that he always had my back and I always had his, and that if we were doing an activity that was too easy, he would just jump in and ramp it up. If the activity was too hard, he would jump in and kind of pull it back for me. So that was just a really, really great teaching experience in a really odd situation where I had basically like power harassed him into running the class <laughs> in his in his stead. But yeah, it just it gets better and the teachers are the teachers I worked with always seem to be trying to be better, more entertaining teachers. We also had uh, stories of the um, the social studies teacher from the high school. Was He was really radical and he talked about a lot of things that get glossed over in the curriculum or don't get talked about. And so there were a lot of stories about you know the things that he would teach. So he was definitely one of those modern thinking teachers that, uh, that really cared about his students and really cared about the content. He was there more to teach as opposed to be there to get a paycheck. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So there was there's there's the lecture style and then there's the actual coaching. Um, yeah. And yeah, more and more teachers seem to be moving to that coaching model. Uh, so for my next question, uh, I'm not sure which one to ask here. So I'm going to start off with this one. As an ALT, what are your professional etiquette and duties like? Like, what does that cover um, when you're teaching in a school? That's a bit of a hard question to answer. Uh, what do you mean by it? I know when you come in in the morning, it's more like you greet people and you sit down, you kind of get your work done, you go, you teach your classes and whatnot. But almost, you know what? Maybe that's not a maybe that's not a question I should be asking because that would vary almost by from school to school and teacher to teacher and ALT to ALT. So let me just move on to my second question here. 
I, I might be able to touch, to touch on a few things that you might be thinking of there. Um, in terms of, like, dress code and, like, some of the kind of, like, the rituals and the greetings. Let's go with that. So, the dress code is you are a teacher. Luckily, it wasn't too intense. Elementary school, I wore mostly polo shirts and sweatpants uh, or track pants because... I would chase the kids around the hallways and do stuff like that. But I probably could have wore graphic tees and, you know, differing kinds of clothing. At the junior high level, the students have a uniform, but they never wore it. They had a tracksuit instead that they wore. So they only wore their, their gakudan and their, um, the, their blouse suit. I can't remember the, the name of it. They would only wear those for ceremonies and would literally wear their track suits underneath them. And then quite often they would take the track jacket off. So the kids are just in like a graph, like a sports graphic tee in, in track pants. There I dressed uh, business casual, uh, dress pants, button up shirt. I didn't wear a tie, but you could. My colleague wore a vest and he, he dressed up a little bit more. At the high school, I dressed the same way uh, because there were a few teachers that did dress that way but it, it was like there were more people in suits so my predecessor uh, wore a tie I chose not to but I never heard anything about it in terms of formality there are uh, in, in like communication there are rituals that happen in the classroom there's certain expressions that you say when you're coming and going from work and those just start to be automatic but uh you you just come to recognize that the bell rings the students step up or stand up greet the teacher sit down and then class begins so it's stuff like that so what are those i guess greetings or parting phrases the Biggest one, aside from your, your greetings like Ohio gozaimasu, good morning, or konnichiwa, your biggest one is Osaki ni shitsureishimasu. <laughs> so, Osaki, uh, before. <laughs> Sorry, Osaki ni shitsureishimasu? Osaki ni shitsureishimasu. Osaki ni shitsureishimasu. So, Osaki means before. And shitsureishimasu means excuse me. And so it means like, I, I, I apologize because I'm leaving early, but that's your greeting for the end of the workday. And it's, you're just like, I'm leaving early. Bye suckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, it's just, it's, it's just what's said anytime, you know, you leave the office, you're like, oh, sakini. Shitsureishimasu is another one. If I move between offices, quite often I would, I would go check with, check in with the board of education during the day and I'd, uh, shitsureishimasu and then get someone's attention, ask them some questions, bother them, take all my souvenirs off my table, you know, laugh, tell a joke with someone. And then, oh, shitsureishimashita. So I, like, sorry for interrupting you. So those are, like, those are kind of the office ones. And the students kind of do those too. There's a little bit of a different ritual there. Osaki ni shitsureishimashita. Sorry, I'm late. So Osaki, Osoi uh, is late. Those are kind of the, your your big greetings that you're going to be using. But yeah, Osaki ni shitsureishimashita is, like, your everyday, you're just, like, 4.30, I'm out. Like peace out. A fun, a fun one I got told by by some bad teachers was "Okaidi de gozaimas," just just like I'm going home, <laughs> <laughs> like in like really formal Jap, like blunt Japanese, just like I'm out of here. <laughs> 
And I would I would bust that out a few times if I had a particularly bad day or if it was like a weird day or something. I'm just like, I'm going home, bye. <laughs> but that's one of those things where like you you use it when you're like comfortable with your junior high or your um with your vice principal like not crushing your skull in for saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So. Um if you had a, a, an issue with say another teacher or just a conflict at work, who dealt with it mostly? Was it the school board or did you have to go through the program itself? It was kind of both. So your chain of command is usually your, I can't remember the, the acronym for it, your JTL, your, your Japanese teacher of language. So that was your English teacher. Although sometimes you didn't teach English. I knew someone who taught Russian. So your first point of contact would be them. Your next point of contact, depending on the issue, might be the senior teacher in your work group. Because uh, in junior high, we sat with uh, we sat in a grade group with uh, all the teachers of the grades, and then they just like drew straws for who got the ALT. So you might, if there was like a teacher you had a good rapport with or like that had more seniority, you would talk to them. At the junior high, um, we actually had um, an admin, a teacher that would go on admin leave, and so they were our, they were our official handler. So if it wasn't the homeroom teacher, we would talk to them. If that didn't work, then you would talk to usually the vice principal. You probably wouldn't talk to the principal unless you had a really good rapport with them. Because the principal is a very figurehead position. It's the vice principal who's, who's running the school and who is your official supervisor uh, when you're in the school. From there, if the problem couldn't be resolved with the vice principal, then you would go to your supervisor and you would resolve that. You would work through your board of education. So you might go to your supervisor and talk to your Jicho or your Hosa, who are the, uh, the assistant superintendents. And if the problem then couldn't be resolved, um, and again, it all really depends on what the problem is. If the problem then couldn't be resolved, then you would contact your prefectural advisor who is a CIR working for the uh, the prefectural government. And then they, they're your rep for Claire, the organization that runs the JET program. So I had, uh, I had one issue with a teacher that blew up and got kind of stupid for a while. And I, I went through the channels. I went through the vice principal who spoke English and was also um, on my side in terms of teaching styles and accountability. And when we couldn't resolve it there, then I went to my board of education and I actually went to my not supervisor because my not supervisor did all my work. And then he got my supervisor involved and then my Jicho and Hosa got involved. And then they went back to the vice president or sort of the vice principal. And so we were kind of negotiating between the vice principal, my supervisor and the teacher to kind of resolve the problem. I had another issue with uh, funding where uh, we did I didn't have funding to go to a conference that I was supposed to go to. And so I talked to my supervisor and I talked to and that didn't work. So then I talked to the PA, the, the CIR who worked for the government. And then they called my town and strained it out. So it, it largely depends on what the issue is, but that's kind of your chain of command that you follow up is your homeroom teacher or your JTL to the junior high or to the year, um, 
vice principal to your supervisor to your Jicho or Hosa and then to your PA. So it's kind of like having your own little union if you're back here. Yeah, and um and and they're the structure of the 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 Claire side of things. So there's the CIR PA and then there was a Japanese PA. And so there were two PAs working together who could work on both sides of the equation. So the, your PA could call your supervisor and explain something that they maybe don't know because they're not familiar with that part of the job. They've never dealt with that before. But you also have the Japanese PA who could come down that side and put kind of like approach it from the Japanese side of things. So so that's a structure that's uh, that's unique to Jet for the for any like problem solving that was going on. All right. Uh, does anybody else have any more on the JET program? Because I kind of, I, the rest of my questions are about the school system. I do actually have one more, and this is one I've been kind of itching to ask, just so, just for my own sake of information. What are some JET-run functions specifically for JETs in downtime? Things that they might throw on that are fun, or things that the ALTs or CIRs plan themselves? Uh, kind of as get-togethers for, I, I guess, when you might not have a, a heavy week or when you guys just want to blow off some steam. Yeah, so there's there's an organization called AJET, which is the Association of Jets, and it's a national body. AJET specifically, they work more on the Claire side of things, and so they work on like improving training, improving healthcare access, and things like that. But underneath them fall these prefectural AJET chapters. I was in Hokkaido, so we had like two or three hundred jets. So we had the biggest AJET chapter, whereas other chapters might only have like a few dozen. So a, a small chapter in, say, Ishikawa, you might have like, oh, we're going to get together for board game night and, you know, anyone who wants to show up can show up. Or we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. Anyone who wants to show up can show up. Hokkaido is a lot more difficult because it's very large. I was in the middle of the prefecture and it would take eight hours to drive down to the south side. So a Hajet, and it is pronounced Hajet and not Hajet, take that. <laughs> I'll take that to the grave. <laughs> there's an argue there's an argument about how to pronounce their name. A Hajet was the what it was and is the largest branch of Ajet. And they organize, they break up the prefecture into, I think, five or six zones. And then they elect reps to run events and do things in those zones. Then they're also just kind of local peer groups. There's, I can't remember that they changed the name of it, but it was called the block leader system. And it was the same kind of thing. There was a, but this came, this came down from Claire and through the PA's office. And so there was someone who was a jet who would act as a sort of check-in system and a helper for new ALTs, and they would kind of run events as well. And so two friends of mine um, had held that position. Um, I can't remember. I think it's Block Advisor or something now, but they would uh, they would check in on new jets throughout their first year as winter approaches, and do you have this? Do you have this? Do you need this? Do you need any help with this? Um, 
when we had the earthquake, the block leader emailed out, checked in on everyone, made sure everyone was okay, made sure they didn't need any help with anything. And then my block leaders, the two of them, were running regular dinner events. And so it was just anyone in the area, and even guys from like other pre other sub-prefectures would show up. Like other block leaders from other blocks would show up to these. So, so between that system, just your local peer group, and through your AJET chapter, there was always a lot going on. And AJET, because it was so big, it was quite active. So there were a lot of events going on. There was a lot of... We're actually talking right at the end about creating a, a wiki or creating some resource documents on uh, recreation because people would come and they would spend all their time on jet doing research into hiking trails or mountain climbing or religious pilgrimages or uh, how to source arts and crafts supplies and then they leave <laughs> and so we were talking right at the end about trying to amass some of that information and then groups could kind of like self-run themselves uh, kind of uh, i guess a follow-up question for that um what's where do you guys get your information from what sort of network do you build on do you guys have a like a facebook group or do you guys have an email group or an email board or something like that or how do you guys communicate hajet communicated mostly through uh facebook Facebook events, uh, but they did send out emails. And then there was information that came from the PA's office, uh, the prefectural advisor in Sapporo through email uh, and again through Facebook. They would they would send out Facebook messages because that was just kind of the fastest way to do it. But yeah, it was Facebook and email mostly. And then there's a messaging app in Japan that's quite popular called Line. And so if you were if you had a, a particular social group you might send out a line message to your group. Like we would send out one for the dinner events and it's like, hey, everyone who's in the area, we're having a dinner, do you want in? And then you would just kind of opt in or out. That's pretty much it for that line of questions. I think, uh, Amy, do you have anything else you want to ask before we get to Carol's education board stuff? You had mentioned something earlier about the different time change and having to, you wish there was a point that you someone taught you how to do close your phone out, your bank account, all that. How did you manage to do that in the JET program? Was there any resources? It, as I recall, I called Docomo, who was my cell carrier, uh, from the airport and said I was leaving. <laughs> and, that, and that they had better close my account. My bank account was left open because there was some final business that needed to be handled. My supervisor was handling that. I had to cancel my internet. I had to close my JP Post bank account because that was something I personally set up. And I had to cancel my credit card and something else. But uh, my supervisor did help with that. So we went in with a whole list of things and we kind of went through my bank book and made a list of all the stuff we have to cancel. So again, it was very, very easy. I didn't have to cancel my gas or anything. That was all handled by someone in the board, by someone in town hall. I just kind of moved out. <laughs> so yeah, the biggest ones were, were internet and cell phone. Cell phone is a pain, but they, uh, I'm like, hey, I'm in the airport, I'm leaving. No, I cannot come to a store. Just, just hurry up and cancel it, <laughs> so. Carol, let's get on to your questions. I know you've been itching to ask those. All right, so 
Let's see, what main differences are there between the Japanese school system and the Canadian school system? Many. <laughs> I'll start with the um, the school day, because I, I did talk about this a little bit as, as a jet. Pretty much universally, the Japanese school day has four periods, lunch, and then two periods. Um, and then there's there's also a period in the morning where they do different uh, like welcome activities and like writing or reading things. It was it was weird, but yeah, it was it, it was almost always for lunch too. That of course varies by school greatly in Canada, where I think our our exchange school uh, only had four periods. They had four two hour periods. So that was that was a change. I think sometimes there were seven periods, but it would pretty much always follow that format. And it's you have your you have your morning classes, you have lunch, usually there's cleaning, and then there's free time, and then there's more classes. Physically the school was different. There were numbers on when a class would split. I believe it was when the class hit 40 students, then they would split it into another Gumi. So you could have some really gnarly large classes. If you had 38 students or something, I think it was 40. So if you had 38 students, you have 38 students in one room. They would not split the class usually. And so there's like, there's a lot of universal like formalities there. The students uh, stay in their classroom and the teachers rotate. So the teacher's office is like this giant, like Dilbert cubicle hell. And the classroom is, it, it's like the student's bedroom almost. Like their clothes are there. They, they change in their classrooms. I don't know the details on that, but it's kind of weird. But they live in that classroom. It is their classroom. They decorate it. They make choices. They greet the teachers to the classroom. They send them off. Whereas I remember we would travel to the math teacher's classroom, to the history teacher's classroom. Lunches weren't very long. Not a lot of recesses. Other big things, the teachers are very, very revered. Being a teacher in Japan actually kind of sucks because you transfer every five or so years uh, between schools. So it's it's kind of hard on your family. It's hard on your marriage. One of the teachers I know, he actually, he lived in one city and then his family lived in the other and he would go visit them on weekends. There was, I, I've heard a lot of things like that. Or you would drive from one city to another. Most, most of the teachers I worked with in my elementary school lived an hour away. So there's the, there's the teacher transfers, and that's, of course, very different. So there's a lot of, like, kind of catch-up that the teachers have to do, which makes... It, it's one of the reasons there's problems in the JET program is because there's no institutional memory. Um, and this happens, again, in, in Town Hall and in, in the Board of Education uh, as well. So it's... You'll get a really great knockout teacher that engages the kids. The kids love English. And then you'll get just some like dragon beast that comes in and the kids hate them. And there's just really nothing you can do about it. What other big change? What other big differences are there? Lots of suits. Everyone really liked suits. There's actually this thing called cool biz because Japan likes English, thinks it's trendy. 
What it actually was was an environmental movement to not use air conditioning. And so, uh, which is awful because <laughs> you teach in the summer. So what it was is it was it was an attempt to get people to dress down and not wear these heavy suits and kind of be as formal. And so, so the summer months would come and then you would dress down and I would wear a polo shirt and, and dress pants to work instead of wearing a long sleeve shirt. And so there were there were things like that. But yeah, everyone was really into suits. Lots of ceremonies as well. Lots of like spontaneous you need to have like teachers would keep a suit jacket in their locker um if they didn't wear a suit because there'd just be like spontaneous events and of course the alt never knows so the alt just looks like a jackass <laughs> like i'm sitting there in like sweat like sweatpants and a graphic tee this like formal ceremony with the mayor and i'm just like oh why did this why did this have to happen when I was at the elementary school? <laughs> or like, uh, someone would come to the school to visit and like, I'm just, I look like a slob compared to everyone else. Because <laughs> we didn't have a locker, we didn't have anywhere to put a jacket, so. That's about where we're going to wrap up for this episode. Once again, talking with Brian gave us an insane amount of information. So the next part of his interview will be coming next episode. But with that being said... I'd like to plug our social media one last time for you guys. If you guys are looking to figure out where we are on the net, you can go to linktree slash breadcrumb trails. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash breadcrumb trails podcast. And you can go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash trailblazermedia. We'd really like it if you went to check out our Patreon. We do not get paid for this. This is all volunteer work. And the amount of hours that have to go into editing the podcast audio is absolutely insane. We do this because we like to educate and inform. But Gina would like to turn this into a full-time career. If you enjoy the content that we put out, please do consider supporting us. It would mean the world. And not to mention, on Patreon, you get a couple of extra special perks for supporting us. Thank you very much, and we'll see you guys next episode. I want to take a moment to thank you, Brian, once again, for chatting with us. I I'm sure as time goes on, we may have more questions. And yeah, that this may be a thing again, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I want to take a moment to kind of close out and say that um, I've enjoyed this experience. I've enjoyed getting to know you and your experiences a bit more. As a communications and a student and an anthropology student, it has been an absolute treat. Uh, it's definitely given me some things to think about. Uh, so, I guess at this point, for the Breadcrumb Trails podcast, I'm Gina. I'm Amy. And I'm Carol. 